Welcome to Beyond the Bullet Points, a podcast from Stoddard's Ranging Guns, where Ken Bay explores the personalities, histories, and drive behind Stoddard's brands and the organizations it supports. Maj Touré considers himself a solutionary hip-hop artist turned Second Amendment activist. He started the Black Guns Matter movement in 2015, and he tours the country in an effort to educate urban communities on their Second Amendment rights, with a strong focus on the responsibilities of citizens to seek firearm training and to understand their rights. Stoddard has hosted a number of events with Maj and Black Guns Matter. Recently, Maj hosted a roundtable at our Atlanta location with a number of members of the firearms community and of the African-American community, including Tone Trump, John Hickok, Rob Pincus, Shanine Allen, Raspy Rawls, DJ Mars, Edgar Antillian, and Tisma Jewett. I had an opportunity to sit down with Maj after the event, where we discussed the Second Amendment and Maj's role as educator and mediator. He enjoys bringing community players together and challenging them on the issues of importance to his community. I'm here with Maj Touré of Black Guns Matter. How did Black Guns Matter get started? We started um, just because we kept seeing so many people, you know, catch the same case. You know, so much, you know, negligence, you know. So it will be, okay, you don't even have a felony and you bought a firearm, but you didn't know in the city of Philadelphia, you have to spend $20 and some paperwork and then get the license to carry it on your person. Um, and then the guys would lose their jobs because, you know, they, they carry and they, they may not have a holster to officer season printing. You know, you're a felon. Not because they're the bad guy, but because they didn't know a, a, like a paperwork step. So we initially said we wanted it to be a license to carry drive. And it was a joke because it was like around voting time. And then we were like, forget a voter's registration drive. Let's have a license to carry the drive. To carry drive. And we did it. And too many people came. And people came from other cities that were close by. And they said, man, we should, we, we wish we had something like this in our town. And we was like, we made another joke. Like, yo, wouldn't it be crazy if we went on a little tour? And we was like, yo, it's not a bad idea. And so we started a GoFundMe. And uh, we did initially 13 cities. Before we even got to our goal, we've always never waited until we got the goal in order to start doing it. So we got to maybe 800 bucks. And went to Baltimore. Like, we just drove to Baltimore. And that's where our first class was. And people came out. And we just kept going. And so many more people kept saying, yo, we need this in our town. I don't know where to go. I know there's a gun range over there. But I don't. Do I have to be licensed to go to a gun range? Do I have to do this? You know, and so we just kept growing. And fortunately, you know, it, it, we got past the first 13 cities. Then we said we were going to do, you know, 25 cities. And it just kept growing. And we're like, well, why don't we just do every state in America? And so we raised our GoFundMe up to um, $150,000 so far. We've raised about $74,000. And that allows us to continue doing the work. You know, So um, that's how it was started. And it's amazing. It hasn't even been a year and a half yet. It ha- maybe maybe close to a year and a half. But it ha- definitely hasn't been two years. And uh, to, to be able to plug and interact and learn and share with so many different people in that short period of time, is a testament to how many people want this information. So that's how we started, and that's how you know we got. Interesting. Yeah. Where'd the name come from? 
So Black Lives Matter was a, a, a social justice organization. And the social conditions that do exist, that they exist for someone to need to, f- to feel unsafe in their community, that exists. And that organization was created. Um, I don't know who's in charge over there. And, you know, right now it's like, I don't, I don't know if that organization is what they, the original purpose was for because I don't, I'm not in contact with them. But I knew at the time that their, their slogan was like, hands up, don't shoot. And me personally, that's like a very, um, that is a submission and surrender position. So I don't, I'm not waiting on somebody else to determine if my life matters. I don't even care if you think it does. I know that my black gun will make sure that my life matters to me, even if you don't think so. You know, so, you know, that was really it. And it was also, you know, with so many people focusing on race and focusing on because of the injustices, I get it. Um, Our thing was. Outside of that, how can we get more people involved in firearms and with most modern firearms being black pistols? Or black, you know, plastic polymer. It was like, okay, that makes sense too, because I don't, I don't own a chrome firearm. You know, most of my friends have, I mean, you know, a decent amount of, you know, uh, firepower, light, practical. It makes more sense. So for me, it was all of those things, and so we came up. Well, just call it Black Guns Matter, and uh, it's it caught. It definitely caught. You know. What did you do before? Uh, I was, you know, I was outside. I wasn't being responsible. You know, I wasn't being a good citizen. Um, I never like robbed and like murdered people, but I wasn't living up to my full potential. And to me, if you're not at least trying to actuate your full potential, you you slumming and you on some scumbag vibe, you know. Um, so for that part, you know, and not being a stand up citizen, that's where I was at with it, you know. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial, so you know I sold things. Um, I'm famous in Philly for selling like movies. Like I've sold tons of good movies, and you know I'm a movie buff, so I sold those for years. Um, it created such a good conversation to be able to talk about. One, it was a way for me. Movies was a way for me to talk about firearms and not come off like, "What? Why do you know so much about these guns?" It was a, like a safe space. For me, to, the stuff that's in my head, because at the time, I still considered it taboo, you know, to know about firearms and things of that nature. So movies and me being a movie buff and having to talk about, I can name what type of firearm and that, then it becomes the game. What kind of gun is that? You know, in, in the movie. And so, you know, it was it was good. But for me, for the most part, people know me for selling things um, always, even if not necessarily doing um, the lawfully right thing. Always doing the morally correct thing. So that part, I'm solid. In that sense, I've never been a scumbag. But as far as being lazy and just taking the easy way out and not really um, standing up to your highest potential and in turn making the people around you stand to their highest potential, I was I was that person for a very long time. Um, and some of my friends still are. you know. And because I know that that's where I come from, that's why we don't judge at Black Guns Matter. It's like, yo, I get it. You think that, you know, you're missing information, so you think that everybody's necessarily out to get you or you can't make it, but you actually can. And because of that, you may have made choices that, you know, um, have categorized you as a felon based on your actions. And that's cool. If you've done your time and you've repaid your debt to society, we move on. 
Um, and I think that's what separates us in a lot of ways from a lot of um, movements because I, I ain't judging. Do your thing, you know, but and that's only because I'm I'm not so far removed time wise from mentality wise. I'm light years from where I was, but time wise, I'm not so far removed that I forget what it's like to be in certain circumstances. And so. I think that's another reason why why you know so many people resonate with the work with me at least with me being the face of it because they feel it they know I'm not judging them they know when you know if I've, I've put in rooms guys that you know might be sketchy by you know some people's standards but I know these 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 are guys that give you the shirt off their back and I've put them in rooms respectfully with law enforcement and let them have the conversation about firearms and the Second Amendment and rights and responsibilities. You know, in a setting where people understood each other, you know, so my my sales background is what allows me to um, not judge or prejudge and have a preconceived notion so I can reach different demographics without being affected negatively by any of them. So that's all I'm on a roundabout way of saying before this, I was doing sales and understanding people, you know, and that's really what in the core of it. That's really what I am. What's your favorite movie? Um, present, it changes every so often. I'll have like four on deck. Two weeks ago, the question was, is coming to America or Harlem Nights, which one is better? But both of them are on my top. You know what I'm saying? Coming to America is one. The the color purple is one. Um, the first Matrix. Oh my God. At that time, it was like, what is happening to my life? Seeing all of these special effects. Um, the amount of firearms they had in that movie. Um... Yeah, The Matrix and uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance. That's what uh, Will Smith and Matt Damon. A lot of people don't know that in that movie, Will Smith played God. He was the man- physical manifestation of God. The Legend of Bagger Vance is a, a modern adaptation of the Bhagavad Gita. So Arjuna being the archer, golf, and Juna in the movie, Matt Damon's character, who loses his focus and has to get reset back in place to regain his focus after the the big war to do battle again. That is the movie, and that's the story of uh, you know Krishna showing up to help Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita to get his focus to fight against the enemies of justice. Interesting. Yeah, so that's one of my favorites. And that movie never gets no shine, even though Will Smith and Matt Damon is in it. Charlize Theron is in it. You know what I mean? All these big, huge names, and that movie never gets no pub. But um, that's one of my favorites. And just for, I like movies that there's layers to them. The color purple, that the plot, the subplot, the sub subplot. I mean, the, look at the list. I mean, Spielberg directed it. Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg, like Danny Glover. There's a there's a list of legendary actors in this film, um, and each layer. So it's the same thing. Even and I take that same concept into firearms training and safety. Okay, yeah, you thinking about it is just as the gun. Okay, that's cute, but it's wrong. There's so many layers to that. What's the thought process of having that level of discipline to train? What's the thought process in saving for that, you know, Daniel Daniel Defense M4? Like, there's a process that goes along with that bill, that rifle. You know what I mean? There's a process of saying, where are the gun ranges in my community and how can I consistently be there to be a better shooter and be able to defend myself? There's a process in understanding in the Second Amendment. There's a discipline in those things and it's layered, you know. And so movies and things of that nature, for me, as a layered being, 
Um, I like movies that fit that criteria. It can't just be, here's the plot, here's the tension, here's the you know fight scene, and the love, the guy gets the girl. That's the corniest movie ever to me. Seven seconds in, I'm turning it off. You know, but movies that have layers, just as in life, is is I'm all here. Right now. Yep. So for me, it's. It's community outreach, it's safety, education, it's all that. I'm a teacher, I'm a philosopher. You have to be. You have to be layered. So I couldn't really, in all fairness, give this the type of energy that it needed. It's a, literally a nation of people that need <laughs> this information. I can't really part-time that. You know, it won't it wouldn't have the same impact and it needs your full attention. It's like a it's a it's a marriage. You know, it's a company, it's a building, it's a you have to center it gotta be symbiotic. It can't be no, the grind know when you're cheating, you know. Interesting. What What are the core messages you want people to associate with Black Guns Matter? Um, I, the core messages I want people to associate is safety, um, education, and uh, paradigm shifting. Like, paradigm shifting. Yeah. Your thought process might be outdated. You need to upgrade your operating system. It needs to be a paradigm shift, you know. So those are the things, key components for for you know, and setting that setting it as a model, replicate, and then I, the need for me becomes obsolete. I don't. There actually shouldn't be an organization called Black Guns Matter. I exist because there's a problem, and I don't want to. I don't. I want to like be on an island with like amazing women and like a bunch of food. That is really more the way. For me, but it's like I gotta kind of do this first, you know. When everyone's freedoms are more secure or secure, then I could chill, you know. But um, it needs to be that safety. It needs to be that education. It needs to be paradigm shifting, and you have to now make it obsolete, because otherwise you're just doing, you know, the same thing. You poverty pimping. You you ignorance pimping. You're creating conflict to talk about it and argue about it with no application of a solution to justify your your employment in it, you know, and nah, that's on social and, 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 and lawful and freedom issues. That is the most contradictory thing to not have an end game. You can lose and all right, I'm out. I tried, I lost you, whoever's up next, but the end game should be, we should win this and we should go do something else, you know? And that's really that I want people to think those things, safety, education, paradigm shifting, obsolete. Is that where the term solutionaries yep. comes from? Yep. Solutionary is it. People used to always say, oh, you're revolutionary. Re- I don't want to revolve. The earth revolves around the sun. It doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, it doesn't expand to different galaxies and solar systems because it's fixed. You know, I don't want to revolve. I want to I don't, I I be revolutionary. I want to be a solutionary. That's the problem. Let's come up with that solution. Apply it. We never have to see this again. I failed if in 10 years I haven't moved. I may not see if I destroy the ignorance and the information and inform that demographic, the numbers come back on our side. So more people go, no, we don't want this anymore. And then the NFA disappears. Interesting. So you talked about Mm de-escalation. How do you see what you do in connection with de-escalation. Perfect example. The last day that I had uh, a, a class in Philly for, you know, um, high school students, the class was the de-escalation class. And 
one of the students, all of the students had their guns. They law, unlawful carriers. I know y'all got them. And they had issues before I even came to teach the class. And it was going to boil down at that. He was going to shoot the kid in after school. And they was going to shoot it out because his friends got guns, his friends got guns. And I'm like, yo, when I got went to it, I went out after class and I'm like, yo, all y'all put your guns down. We not or keep your gun on you. I'm gonna put mine down, and we're gonna have this dialogue for 40 minutes. I was outside talking to two students, and they were arguing about a misunderstanding. And somebody, two lives was gonna be over with. Somebody was gonna get shot. Somebody's going to jail. That's it. That's how that movie ends. You know what I mean? So de-escalation in that sense. And a lot of people try to like. I've had companies, and and I get it. What we're doing is impactful, and it people companies. You should figure out a way to conceptualize, encapsulate, and capitalize on what's in my head and my heart. You should. The problem is for a lot of companies is it's, it's about execution. I can give you the playbook. And in sports, they know the play. They watch tape on you. They know what you had for breakfast. He has a predisposition to go left. He's a left-handed player. 70% of the time he goes left, the numbers indicate he's going to go left. Create defenses around that. LeBron still scores because it's execution. It's on the cuff thinking. It's out of the box thinking. It's So it's almost like I'd have to educate people on, and we do. It's something that it's based in my life experience and my angle and my view, my look. That round table in there just now, I've never seen that done before. All of those Second Amendment, hip hop, pop culture, trainers, lawyers, they all have existed. They all have existed. And nobody was like, you know what? What if? Because you can't see what you don't know. You can't see what you don't know. And you don't even know that this is an option until you're shown, yo, this is an option. And then those people in that room, there's people in that room that may follow each other on social media, but never did the thing. And they'll have somebody like me that has the person in common or the mentality and the thought process in common. And I'll go, yo, you should meet, you should meet, da 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 You know what I mean? And uh, it's beautiful. You just talked about being in Philly and, and talking to young mm-hmm. young people. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for the black community mm-hmm. where you're seeing that? Well, it actually, it's the, it, it's really more of when you're talking about young people, it transcends even the you know the black community. The level of ignorance around firearms in urban areas of all races is insane. Because if you live, regardless, Mexican, Spanish, Asian, white, black, whatever, if you live in this section, the marketing that's done to that section is one: you dress a certain way. So my white homie that's from North Philly. Get it? Just like he, I get it. If we walking up the street and if that cop want to jump out, we are both. He's not going to go, oh, you're white. So no, not you. Maybe if he had a suit on, but he don't. And he talk like me, he think like me. So that guy is privy to the same culture, positive or negative, that w- would permeate, well, negative would permeate ignorance around firearms ownership. And the young guys in that urban area are all targeted that way on the marketing, you know? So what I would say to them is more the safety component. And I do it all the time. I go, yo, you don't have a holster, bro. Like, you bugging. And then I tie it back into, you know, you know, that's what Plaxico went to to prison for, for shooting himself, for not having a holster and the negligent discharge in the club. Like, 
that could happen to you, bro. One, to even understand how to tie in sports and pop culture and all of those different things. And two, it's something that relates that they, you know, that we can relate to. And these young guys, and again, they go, I, I trust Maj's judgment because he, 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 he feels just like me, you know? And then that cosign happens and I'm able to go. So where I learned some of this from that you might have not never thought about were these people here. And then they, they cool. Yeah, they cool. And I, and that, that's, that's a cosign that you can't really buy that per se. You can. The source has one, you, you got to be on point. And the person that's listening to the vouch has to receive it. And I've created a certain level of respect already, you know? So, but I would tell them, yo, this is the way that you do it. Come to the range with me. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we are going to start on 22. You don't got stance and grip down, right? So we're going to step past that cliche argument that you heard somewhere because you've never even shot really before. So we're starting at 22. And they respect that honesty. And they already trust me. And I never violate that. It's like snitching. I'm never doing it. So, And they know that that's solid. It's like law enforcement. Law enforcement hates snitches. They hate snitches. You're Benedict Arnold. We hate that. And that translates. And so to these seemingly opposing young people, especially that have also been told that all law enforcement is bad. When I tell them, yo, they got the same rules that you got. Or when my law enforcement friends are like, yo, those guys are bad. No, they don't. They have the same rules that you have. You have a code that you're supposed to stick to, you know, and I can show those similarities and I'll make the other things dissipate. And the young people are very receptive to me showing them where they getting tricked, you know, and showing them, yo, it's people, it's a small selection of people across the globe that have a vested interest in keeping you ignorant because they can sell more stuff to you. Now, I'm, and I'm a capitalist. However, make that be based on sound choices, focusing primarily on honesty and and safety. They get it. So gun violence in inner cities, mm-hmm. what, what do you say to those who say that the answer is more and stronger mm-hmm. gun legislation? I point them to Chicago. <laughs> it's not working. I point them to, forget Chicago, New Orleans is per capita. For every 100,000 people in New Orleans, there's in Chicago, there's 61 shootings in 2016. For every 100,000 people, there's 61 shootings. In New Orleans, for every 100,000 people... There's 90 shootings, 60% of them fatal in a smaller place in New Orleans. So they have all of the rules. That place should be Shangri-La. It's not. So tell me, please tell me more how more rules for people that don't care about rules is really going to work. And then I also say, uh, the A, you're down with the scheme of say this to convince people to not own their own freedoms. You're either down with that because you have, you know, you might got a Leosa permit with, you know, you retired law enforcement. You might, you cool, you're a politician and you exempt. So it's either you down with the scheme or you're unaware. If you're unaware, I can help you. If you aren't unaware and if you're doing it, you're now the open enemy because you're doing something that is one unconstitutional. I have friends that are doing time that I won't see for some time. And so when they say those things about Chicago, uh, uh, urban violence and all of that, I say that. And I also say, well, what about the knife violence? What about the bat violence? And they go, what do you mean? Right. You have a phrase that was given to you. 
Because, okay, people say, well, there's less firearms issues in the United Kingdom. Yeah, but they're stabbings through the roof. So <laughs> the issue is violence that stems from ignorance and fear. And knowing that someone else probably doesn't have the means to stop me. You know, that's what I say to those people. You know, those are the things that I say to those people. It's just facts. If this worked, and I hate to say it because I sound like, oh, you're the Republican dude. Most democratically ran cities that I live in have rules that are stifling freedoms, but not making it safer. The homicides are up and I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers is going up with more and more legislation, not education, not safety, not training, not responsible citizenship. Oh, you don't want to talk about that because that means empowering the people, not politicians that create rules for us that they are exempt from. So do you think the firearm rights of minorities, uh, blacks in particular, are viewed differently or should be viewed differently? No, I think they are viewed differently because of of institutionalized racism and conditioning on purpose to keep Americans separate. We have, yesterday I was with John Hickok, Zeke, Rob, Argo J, S. We all had drinks and talked about guns, and it, it was powerful. I know what divide and conquer is fully. I know what it is. You want to take over that block? Make him tell somebody to tell him that his girl was sleeping with his, his right hand man. So a seed of dissension. I'm fully aware of that. And so it's been it's been to both sides as racist to damn near create a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's too much bureaucracy. It's too many laws to create them them jobs. Y'all need to start getting manufacturing popping again. And we can create jobs on that. You know, but this locking up American citizens because of a fundamental human right. No. So because of that, and seeing that that's that system designed a certain way, I definitely know that the information needs to be exposed as well as you have to honor the f- or acknowledge the fact that it, it is that way for, you know, for a lot of people and then start to show them that so they fix it or just come from behind cover and identify yourself so we can get you that way. We can ostracize you. We don't. That's your position. We love it. That's yours. We don't agree with it. We're over here doing our thing now because you're not about unity and promotion and constitutional values, human rights, you know, and uh, so it's it's looked at differently. It shouldn't be, but I know why it is because I see the money behind it. I see the money and there's busloads of money and chaos and unconstitutional situations. I, pre- you know, humbly present that there can be equal, if not even more money in good citizenship, and respect for the Second Amendment. Maj travels extensively across the country to bring people together. I asked Maj about his travels over the past year and what some of his most challenging moments have been in the different cities that he visited. He mentioned that he was in Minneapolis-St. Paul after the Philando Castile verdict, where a 32-year-old African-American was shot and killed by a Minnesota police officer during a traffic stop. Geronimo Yanez was acquitted of manslaughter and the dangerous discharge of a firearm last June. Uh, the Philando Castile verdict, we did our Minneapolis-St. Paul class that two days after that verdict. Wow. 
tensions was, I mean, chainsaw, cut the air with the tension in the air. That was very difficult because on purpose, I had a white instructor. You still are emotional and you still are reacting to things. And it worked two ways. If you want this demographic as this white instructor, because you can't get into this demographic, you have to understand and deal with the things that seem uh, community specific. Like a guy that's a goddamn teacher that's in the passenger seat that is trying to, he's a boy scout. He doesn't, it's not even a duty to notify state. He's telling the officer, hey, I want to let you know that. And you still get snuffed in front of your wife and your lady and their, you know, the child. If you want to deal with this demographic, these are things that have outraged us and you have to develop the skill set. You still are emotional and you still are re reacting to things, the gun and the safety and the magazines. And you could do awesome. You got a sub-zero draw. Awesome. That does not help you in this room. Figure it out. And to you guys in that class, it was, yo, y'all are saying that like this white instructor right here was the person that killed him. You're being emotional and reactionary. And that's how you're getting taken advantage of. No strategy, no tactic. Reaction to things. That you, I, could, I could move you all over the chessboard. I could say a word and you'll get offended and you'll go this way. Saying this to say, that was one of the biggest ones. You know, um, my community knows that I'm for them. So I get a little bit more room to be a lot more honest. Um, so getting that room to understand that some of the things that you've been told were given to you, have you vote in your own disinterest. And then getting the technical guy that's by the book. And if you just do everything right in America, saying to you, dude, you are missing a whole subculture, but you don't know this. I see it all of the time. After this tour is over, I swear to God, I'm starting a consultant firm for guns, for gun, for gun people and companies. I see it all of the time. There's a company that came out with a gun called the Ghetto Blaster a few weeks ago. And I'm like, hey, y'all are stupid, but I'm not going to name your company because I know your company is a niche market. If you're a gun guy, you know this company, but you don't know them like people heard of the word Colt 45 or Glock. So I'm not going to give y'all no energy, but that reeks of bad PR. And that perception becomes a reality, you know? And uh, so that's the line that I walk. And that's been the most difficult, but also the most rewarding. Because in those moments, when both people or whatever person, that, then when they get it, that light bulb can never go out again. That person is no longer, the other side can't trick them no more. They go, oh, no, 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 no. I used to believe that. You know, it's like when people be like, oh, Republicans, from my hood, Republicans, Republicans. I'm like, okay. And they go, all oh, Republicans are bad. Oh, okay. You know Dr. King was a Republican, right? And they go, no, he was. Yeah, he was. Well, I mean, he was about nonviolence. Okay, he was. But you know he applied to get a license to carry, right? No, no, he did it's, Google it, bro. That light bulb is very difficult to, to dim that light anymore. So in those moments when it does work, I'm a Jedi. I don't operate in extremes. That's the way of the Sith. I don't operate in extremes. I operate in balance. You know, and it's hard to defeat a balanced, well understood, civically responsible, firearm owning uh, populace. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to do no this doubt. with me today. No doubt. Yeah. And thanks for, for being here with all the people you brought to the, the table. It was right. great. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great. No doubt. Thank you very much. This is Ken Bay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bullet Points. 